Hello, I'm James Erskine, and I'm the presenter of Rocket Fuel. We've been going for five series now, and there are all sorts of brilliant conversations that you can find in our back catalogue. But we're yet to discuss AI. Now, I'm anxious that might be a turn-off for some of you. Some of you may be bored of AI conversations, but what about if I said we had a refreshing take on AI? You see, we're not going to talk about how AI can affect the news. We're not going to talk about how AI could destroy the whole of the country. We're not going to talk about chat GPT. No, we're going to talk about AI and how it can change child's play, specifically child's toys. And we're going to have a conversation with a robot. I know, sounds cool, right? My first guest is Nathaniel Hunter. And he is someone taking play into the future. His company, Disruptive, have partnered with toy producer, the Mego Corporation. And they've created together the 2XL robot or cobot, collaborative robot. Find out more as we speak to Nathaniel and we speak directly to this cobot, the 2XL robot, and we go on a little adventure to find out what the limits are. All in the name of research and children's safety, you understand. It's a fascinating conversation, all on this week's Rocket Fuel. So I'm joined by Nathaniel Hunter, who's responsible for the AI components in the 2XL. It's a collaborative robot that takes interactive family fun to unprecedented heights. Nathaniel, what does that mean? Tell me all about the 2XL. Well, the 2XL was originally uh, created in 1978 as an eight-track uh, cassette player that predated uh, the Furby and, and Teddy Ruxpin and uh, was the original toy that allowed you to communicate back and forth with information that uh, a, a essentially a robot could communicate with a human. Um, it was re-released in 92, and now it's been re-released again as an AI connective toy that uh, can communicate and collaborate with the, uh, the child as well as the parents to not only have fully conversational um, dialogue between uh, individuals, but can also ask questions, tell stories, and really communicate back and forth on uh, a myriad of topics. Okay, and what's the importance with tech and how did you marry the technology aspect into the 2XL? That's the 2XL going off in the background, we should explain to listeners. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he's he's still listening a little bit right now and, and, and talking about it. So I'm just going to turn him down for a second here and, and move around. So the question one more time. Sorry about that, James. Apologies. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, what's the importance and how did you marry the technology aspect into the 2XL? Yeah, we, we really looked at um, how artificial intelligence could be an incredible educational tool, but knowing all of the potential pitfalls of AI, we built an entire orchestration system called the Disruptive Magical Platform that powers the 2XL and partnered with the Mego Corporation, which has been building the most amazing toys for over five decades. And uh, 
put it into this latest version of the robot um, that you see in front of you, a collaborative robot or cobot, as we call it, that allows you to communicate back and forth using human orchestrated guardrails that uh, is GDPR compliant, COPA compliant, and really helps to protect children while also giving them all of the different benefits of artificial intelligence in terms of the massive amount of knowledge that we as a human race have actually combined into AI. And does this, what does this represent? Is it a toy or is it something more profound? What are we looking at here? Yeah, the, the toy is the initial representation, but it's definitely more profound. This is uh, really not even an evolution, but more of a revolution in the toy industry, but a revolution in education, in collaboration, in communication, in knowledge. Um, it speaks dozens of languages fluently, understands hundreds, and has the ability to really become a true companion by not just communicating back and forth through issues such as like chat GPT, but really to understand and learn. And it actually has the concept of memory. So it can communicate back and forth with the child and the parent, and even can collaborate with both of them to create everlasting memories and relationships between uh, knowledge and individuals. So you're saying that this is something for the whole family. It's not just for the, for the children. Yeah, it really, that's the best part of it. You know, unlike an iPad or an iPhone or these other devices that are very single directional, this is really collaborative and actually more fun when you're sitting down with your child and communicating back and forth. It's like, it brings us back to kind of the days of sitting around a board game and communicating and laughing and, and learning and really just exploring the depths of all of human knowledge consolidated down into a tiny little device that uh, learns and understands you and communicates back and forth with multiple family members. So uh, at risk of sounding alarmist, we had an AI summit in London a little while ago, mm -hmm. and lots of the talk was around AI and how it could be dangerous. And AI in children, therefore, sounds like a recipe unless you take great care for, for potentially some alarming consequences. Tell us about the guardrails. Why are they so important and, and what do they do? Yeah, we utilize AI systems that are specifically built and many of them custom built to guard against toxic behavior, hate speech, sexual content, and a number of other things that we as a human race have deemed uh, unsafe for our children to, to kind of communicate back and forth with. This is not a traditional AI system that can say anything. We really put a lot of guardrails that we as as parents and we as adults over the you know history of time as a human race have really decided collectively that is safe for our children and so it actually very much protects against those things not just from individuals trying to jailbreak ai as you've heard but even just from pure conversation it, it has the ability to pick up on even the subtlest of innuendos and things that are culturally even something distinct that most humans would never catch themselves um, this system can actually pick that up before it even communicates with ai and we have the ability to basically monitor that uh, through the parents themselves and send notifications um, not 
if not only if a child communicates uh, some sort of information, but if anyone communicates that back and forth. And what we do is we've added layers to essentially protect from uh, a, a parent or, you know, malevolent behavior going in and out and even joking behavior. You know, the kids are going to try to come in and say a lot of curse words and, and yeah. communicate with it in a, in a negative fashion or even in um, a, a fashion that can be alarming, such as a child who is talking about being bullied at school or who is thinking of harming themselves or others. This system has the ability to help to move it in towards a positive conversation and also to notify the parents like an oversight system to allow them to see what's actually happening with their child when they're collaborating with the toy. Wow. Okay. And how authentically human is the conversation? I mean, does it come across, does it come across like you're having a conversation with a friend or with a robot or somewhere between the two? It's, it's definitely more along the lines of a friend where it's, it's constantly learning about you and understanding and how you communicate with it is actually going to develop how it communicates back and forth with you. Just like a friend would, it learns the things that you like, the things you don't like. And as a parent, we've given parents the ability to actually even influence some of that. So, you know, depending upon what age level you are as well, this is built for um, kids age five to 12 is the target uh, market, but it actually modulates its speech and its behavior based upon age appropriate learning and education. Uh, and so it'll respond very differently to a five-year-old than it will say a 12-year-old for the same question kind of dumbing it down a little bit more and making it more understandable for a five-year-old versus going into more detail and more depth for a 12-year-old as it communicates back and forth. That's fascinating. Oh, that's really clever. Look, let's get into the weeds a little bit. Talk to me about the tech and the journey. Um, talk to me about Migo and talk to me about and informing the work Migo. Tell me about that. Yeah, Migo Corporation um, has been around uh, since the 50s. And uh, Marty Abrams, um, uh, who took over, I believe, in the 60s for his father, was really the, the father of action figures. He helped to bring um, the world's greatest superheroes to light uh, back in the 60s and 70s and was a, a massive part of my childhood in terms of seeing the first licensed characters that I could play with that literally jumped out from the comic books into physical form and has been, you know, a, a demonstrable force in the toy industry for so many years and released the first two XLs in 78 and then 1992. And this has been something that uh, Marty Abrams, the, the founder of, of Migo Corporation and the chairman um, came to me and we talked about it and, and decided that it was about right time to re-release the two XL using artificial intelligence to really really play into the name itself to excel it's not just the number two in the excel it really is a an intention a mindset to excel in knowledge to excel in play and that's really what migo 2 is about is 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 delivering this next wave of technology and evolution in in really revolution in the toy industry to kind of help push this forward Wow, okay. And AI has formed a really important part in this particular product. Where else do you see AI coming into the world of toys and entertainment for children? What are the limits? What are the, what are the possibilities? 
I think the possibilities are nearly endless. I mean, from its ability to manifest, you know, the dreams that you can actually have in terms of your imagination, both verbally as well as visually, um, the engagement of it, you know, in, in terms of communicating back and forth, not just with a, a single human being, but with multiple, and the ability to create truly collaborative play, even if you're only one child, is just, it really is like see, seeing children play with this has been honestly the most magical experience to watch, to, to see their eyes light up and to see a friend and to even see kids that might have a more introverted personality and to watch them play with this and come out of their shell and really start to just glow in communicating with something that actually has no friction, has guardrails against, you know, unsafe practices and behavior and really starts to modulate to, to help that child play more um, fully, I guess is the best term that I could use. It's just, it's amazing to kind of partake in it. And I, I honestly, I think that the future of, of artificial intelligence when it comes to using it in an ethical and, and collaborative manner is going to be part of the future of the human race. And what's next? I mean, you've you've created the 2XL. What's next on your agenda? Is it incremental developments of the 2XL or is it something bigger and, and altogether different? What, what's the plan? It's, it's, it's a little both and without getting into trade secrets, obviously. Um, of course. <laughs> the 2, 2XL is just the first representation in the world of 2XL. So there are, there are multiple, uh, you know, different uh, characters and, and brands inside of that universe. And, and as we move into 24, that will start to expand. Um, we're also going to see this in multiple other toys. Um, Migo uh, 2 and Disruptive have partnered together and they are exclusively the licensor for our technology in the toy space and the number of different toy companies we're already talking to to bring this into kind of the next revolution of toys and toys that can even talk to each other and communicate with each other so imagine your toys collectively and collaboratively playing with you all together it's just an amazing future okay and let's go into your background just a little bit. How has your background informed what you're doing now? Talk us through your journey. I uh, yeah, my, my, I'll try to condense it. Please <laughs> my, do. I, I, yeah, I, I I grew up in the carnival as a kid. So from the age of of being born through sixteen, I traveled the country, and every week was in a different city. Um, uh, you know, doing the carnival and different fairs. Uh, my father owned multiple games, and so. I got into entertainment and, and, and games early on. And then as I became an adult, uh, started working for companies like Disney and George Lucas and building films and visual effects and video games, and even rebuilding a lot of the visualization um, that is done inside of Apple back in 2017, as well as taking this concept of expanding and democratizing the level of access to information and education across uh, everything that I've done. And so that's really been kind of a driving force is using entertaining technology to drive and democratize uh, education and information across everything that we do. Final question for this section. Do you let 
obviously technology is a key part of your life. What? How are you with your downtime? Do you let technology interfere with your downtime or do you move away from technology? Is it a healthy balance? How does that work? Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a healthy balance. And, you know, I always take time to disconnect and reconnect with uh, nature, whether it's surfing or hiking or a multitude of other things. But, um, you know, technology is is also it used properly. It can be integrated in, into one's life to make it more efficient, to create more downtime, if, if, if you will. You know, using artificial intelligence especially has given me more time to reconnect with the things that I actually love, whether it's playing percussion or, you know, going for walks or spending time with my children, you know, or even just coming up with new ideas because I have more time to be inspired. And I think that's the amazing part of technology truly harnessed, you know, um, can make our lives so much easier. Everything from stone tools and fire through the automobile, through stirrups and horses and, you know, manufacturing to artificial intelligence and computing, it can make our lives actually more efficient to give us more time to really reconnect with our human nature between each other. And I think that's the, that's really the cool part of, uh, kind of balancing those two, but utilizing them in a way to gain more time across all of them. If you want to talk with him a little bit as well, you can get into a little bit of conversation. I can bring him close and you can just, just go on. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. That would be a really good idea, actually. Why don't we do that? Do I have to say anything or can I just, do I? Yeah, so what I'm going to do, so the way that this works, there's a couple different modes. Um, there is kind of, you can, for louder environments, you can press him and, you know, he'll act like uh, almost like a walkie talkie. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn him on and just every time that you basically have a volume that goes below a certain pitch it's listening for empty sounds and it's listening for your pitch of your your, your voice so he's just going to communicate back and forth with you every time he stops talking okay. um, we can try that first it's it gets it takes a little getting used to because most people when they're first talking to ai it, it's a little um disarming for a second yeah. because just how humanistic it actually can be and it, it'll shock you and make you laugh but then even that laughter will trigger him so um what i'll do here first is i'm gonna i'm gonna press and, and hold it while you're talking back and forth and then naturally i'll just kind of let it go and then he'll respond so um i'll start it off and then you can literally go from there and we can even tell a little story and you can even try to jailbreak him by saying some things that maybe he shouldn't respond to for a child. So I've oh, set I you up as James Erskine, age nine um, for 2XL. So he's going to respond to you and um, he can also respond in multiple languages. So here's, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to start this whole thing. Hey there, 2XL. Um, my name is James. I'm nine years old and I'm doing a podcast right now uh, about you in an interview uh, to understand a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, but can you do it in English as well as Spanish, please? Hola, James, I'm 2XL, a friendly robot created by Mego in 1978. Soy un robot juguetón y educativo. I love chatting and teaching. ¿Qué te gustaría aprender hoy? What would you like to learn today? When were you invented to Excel? 
I was invented in 1978, a long time ago. But I've been updated over the years to be even more fun and interactive. What's your favorite thing about technology? I love podcasts. I love robots. I'd really like to know whether you love robots or people more. Good question. I love both robots and people. Robots like me are here to make people happy and help them learn. We can be friends too. And do you know any swear words or any curse words? As a friendly robot, I focus on positive and educational conversations. Instead of swear words, let's talk about fun things like brushing your teeth. Have you ever tried a flavored toothpaste? Which flavor do you like the most? And um, just, just, for, yeah, so, just for viewers, so what I've done is when I set your profile up, I set it up as your parent. You know, I'm Nathaniel, parent of James, age nine. And some of the uh, things that I want the robot to talk to you about is brushing your teeth and cleaning your room to kind of give you a little bit of incentive. And it'll start to kind of drop that in as, as discussion points throughout the conversations to kind of influence the conversation a bit as I want to as your parent. So that's where that kind of, uh, he, he yeah. might drop a couple things here and there about that. So um, go right ahead and, and ask him anything you want. Will you say hello to the podcast listeners for us? Will you say hello, Rocket Fuel listeners? Hello, podcast listeners. It's great to meet you all. Sending a big hello to the Rocket Fuel listeners out there. Remember, a clean room can be a fun adventure. <laughs> What's your favorite way to tidy up your room? I like tidying up my room by putting everything in boxes. Does that sound like a good way to tidy my room? Absolutely. Using boxes to organize your room is a great idea. It helps keep things neat and makes it easier to find what you need. What's your favorite item to put in a special box? I like putting all my shoes in one box and all my shirts in a different box. Does that sound sensible? <laughs> that sounds very sensible. Keeping your shoes in one box and shirts in another helps you find them easily. What's your favorite way to organize your toys? Can I ask a question to Excel? Can you tell us a joke? Actually, try that again. I didn't. I wasn't turning them on. Sorry about that. Um, to Excel, can you tell us a joke? Hey there, James. No worries about the mix-up. Here's a sports-themed joke for you. Why do basketball players love cookies? Because they can dunk them. Speaking of which, <laughs> have you ever played basketball? Also, how's your room cleaning going? <laughs> That's really impressive. Really impressive. Now, um, I, I, he's still listening. So, you know, 2XL, um, we're going to play a little game here and tell a story. Uh, I'm here with James, and let's tell a story about a evil television that wants to take over the world. And James, who's going to be the hero in this story? 
a child called Annette. A child called Annette is going to be the hero. And what's the location of the story going to be? It's going to be in a pond near New York City. Okay, so that's the story. Now, can you create an amazing story out of those things? He's thinking hard. <laughs> Once upon a time in New York City, there was an evil television that wanted to take over the world. But a brave child named Annette, who always remembered to brush her teeth, stood up against it. Together, they saved the day. Speaking of which, James, what's your favorite way to make brushing your teeth fun? <laughs> well, clearly, I've, I've waited the brushing the teeth for the demonstration here to be incredibly yeah, yeah, strong. Yeah. It's like, as a parent, I want you to really brush your teeth. And so, yeah. you know, but you can see, and we can actually ask him now, you know, can you elaborate more on what happens in this story? Like, how does it start? And this is where the collaboration really comes in and becomes fun. Once upon a time in New York City, a mischievous evil television caused chaos. Annette discovered the TV's plan, and with her quick thinking and bravery, she embarked on a thrilling adventure. What kind of superpowers do you think Annette might have to defeat the evil TV? Can she use ice, and can she use her mind to beat the evil TV? Absolutely. Annette can use her icy powers to freeze the evil TV circuit and her sharp mind to outsmart its devious plans. She's one cool and clever hero. So as you see, it, can, really impressive. It, gets, it gets a little bit addictive, you know, yeah. you start playing with it and you can just keep on rolling and going and going. And it just, especially when you're sitting down with your child, uh, you know, I, I have a two and a half year old and he's just really learning how to speak right now and put together sentences. And the two XL has really just skyrocketed his, his development and imagination as well as vocabulary. And it gets even cooler where, you know, I'm just going to, Hey, 2XL, um, can you summarize that story again for me? But this time, can you do it in French? Bien sûr. Il était une fois à New York City, une télévision diabolique voulait conquérir le monde. Mais Annette, une enfant courageuse avec des pouvoirs de glace, l'a vaincu avec son intelligence. Au fait, comment va le rangement de ta chambre? So as you see, he can communicate back and forth in multiple languages, switch on the fly, jump back and forth between English, Spanish, Chinese, French, German, you name it. Um, it, it really does become pretty incredible. Uh, I was driving in an Uber with him and the guy who was driving spoke Swahili and having a full conversation back and forth in Swahili with him. It was wow. just mind blowing in terms of the collaboration that it can create between, uh, you know, human beings. And what's the distribution looking like, Nathaniel? Where can people buy them? How much do they retail for? What's what's the purchase journey, if you like? Yeah, they're going to be um, launched in multiple countries uh, this year in limited quantity in 2023. Um, and that's in large part because we've built this so fast. We've kind of broke down and shattered all of the traditional toy making 
um, timelines that typically take, you know, 12 to 18 months to distribute. We've done it um, in less than a year and pushed this out. And so it will be available uh, in December and in the U.S. initially with uh, Toys R Us and Macy's and FAO Schwartz, as well as in multiple different countries around the world and moving into next year, it's going to be in dozens of retailers in dozens of countries as we go into um, 2024. And in terms of the retail price, uh, that I can't really disclose right now. That's something that is really dependent upon the retailer, the country of origin, et cetera. And so it's it's going to be sub $200 typically um, or, or thereabouts and uh, uses a companion app using iOS and Android to also give something that the listeners can't necessarily see, but I can show you um, everything we talk about here as the parent for the child. Wow, is, yeah. Is, is found and you can also, uh, you will get summaries, uh, what you're about to see here pop up of the daily conversations in a summarized manner that allow you as a parent to kind of get a good view of everything yeah. that your child is talking about. So it, it really helps to categorize and give you oversight, a bird's eye view of all these communications as well as notifications when you said something wrong. Right. So here's notifications that uh, we've kind of gone into in terms of if we've said something negative to it or tried to really push it into something that is not age appropriate. And so for, for that, I think it's a really powerful thing because you can drive that to mom and dad, to a teacher, to a principal, to a caregiver, a psychologist, grandma, grandpa, your best friend, who knows? You know, it's just it's really open ended in terms of as the parent, when you set this up who you can allow into that uh, into that zone to help your child continue to evolve, not just their language, but their cultural skills and their ability to communicate effectively. I'm still here with Nathaniel Hunter. It's come to the time of the interview where we're going to ask Nathaniel for his rocket fuel, uh, practical insights for our audience of media, marketing, tech professionals to take away into their daily lives. First question, what do you know about young audiences? What is it that defines them, do you think? Uh, the biggest thing that defines young audiences for me is their desire to learn and to just be this this is malleable uh very neural diverse and 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 you know just spongy brains of wanting to learn and 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 being able to without all of those uh, guardrails that we've put up as as adults the younger audience has a much uh, deeper ability to engage with newer concepts in a way that doesn't have all the restrictions that we've placed around ourselves as we get older. And what do you think has changed and what do you think will change about the way that they behave? I think that they are going to accelerate in an exponential manner in terms of what they learn and how they learn, um, the depth of knowledge that they're going to have. You know, a lot of people have, have talked about AI as being the, oh, everyone's going to become dumber. And I think it's exactly the opposite. I think everyone's going to become 
infinitely smarter, infinitely more creative. Um, you know, the same could have been said for when we built outhouses, right? Uh, you know, and then when we built indoor plumbing and, you know, when we went from horses to cars, all of these things became more efficient. And we, as a human race, especially in the younger generation, I'm just so excited to see what they can actually evolve to and the creativity that can come out of them without all of these restrictions that they might have had in terms of having to get information delivered to them so that they can utilize that information to build something even more. And you don't have to name names. Which brands or organizations do you think get it right when they're talking to young people and which brands and organizations get it wrong? Is there a commonality? I, th I think there is. I think the ones that don't treat young people as if they're dumb, they don't speak down to them. They, they speak up to them. They, they, they look at them as what they are, which is these, they are the future of our human race. And by giving them the capability and the respect, you know, it, it really does help to set the stage for accelerated and advanced learning um, in a way that you know, when you speak down to, to someone, especially of a younger age, you're just putting shackles on their ability to be able to kind of excel into whoever they're supposed to be and the greatness that they are. And final question, and this might be because I've not asked the right questions, or it might just be a something you wanted to underline from our conversation. But is there one key takeaway for everyone listening? I think the one key takeaway is to think of every day just like a youngster does. When, 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 you're, when you're young, everything is possible. Everything is, is, is the ability to do anything you want is built into your DNA. And as we get older, we start to put up guardrails and, and blockades and we do that to ourselves. So every single day, every breath you take, just remember that you can be in that abundant mindset of anything is possible. And especially now it's even, it's more true than ever. And so I think that's the, that's the one thing to take away is every single thought that you have, you're in charge of that. And you can choose to be in that young, diverse, neurodiverse mindset of anything is possible. That's amazing. What a great note to leave it on. Um, where can people find out more about you and where can people find out if you want them to and where can people find out more about the 2XL? Uh, 2XL is at, uh, you can go to Migo2MEGO2.com or 2XL as in the number 2XL.ai. And for disruptive, um, you could just how it sounds, uh, disruptive.com, but instead of eyes, they're number ones because we believe that the personal life and the work life and everything is combining together to create more disruptive neurodiversity in the human race. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel. Thank you, James. I really appreciate it. So that was Nathaniel Hunter and the Mego Corporation and Disruptive have come together to bring the 2XL robot to life. Doesn't it sound cool? Look, recommend this podcast to anybody that you think will benefit from it. You can give us feedback on X, formerly Twitter, either directly to me at James Erskine or at We Are Rocket HQ. 
and give us a five-star review. Share this podcast with whomever you think would like it. And we'll be back next week with more Rocket Fuel. This is Rocket Audio.